Welcome, everyone, to another great episode of Fantasy Football Fridays. We're here with you on a Monday afternoon. We've got breaking news about Ben McAdoo. We've got recaps out of all the games, especially this uh, big Eagles loss row. We've got some information on the Gronk story, and we've got a lot more information for you coming. Drew, start things off with last week's Thursday night game. So the Cowboys played a desperate game against the Washington Redskins at AT AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, and they absolutely kicked their butts. Dallas won 38-14. They were desperate for a win to stay alive in the wild card race because basically the NFC East is over with. So they won by 24. The Redskins looked foolish, and the Cowboys are staying afloat. What are some noteworthy fantasy players from that game? Jason Witten holding one touchdown, his only reception of the game. That only got him about seven fantasy points. What about Dak Prescott? How did he do? Prescott didn't fare too well, only 102 passing yards. He did have two touchdowns, but pretty much an average day from him. But Kirk Cousins, 250 yards, two touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, but that's a pretty big day for Kirk Cousins. Going back to Prescott, this, this brings up a huge point that I like to talk about. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, cannot function as a quarterback without Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Having that huge run game definitely gives him the option to throw when the defense starts cheating up and trying to get towards the run. So with Ezekiel Elliott out on suspension, I really think Dak Prescott is not a great fantasy option and quite honestly not that good of a football player. Yeah, Dak Prescott is being exposed with the suspension of Ezekiel Elliott and it is making him look foolish and not an elite NFL quarterback. The next game we'll get into is the Vikings and Falcons. The Vikings looked for their eighth straight win, and they got it down in Atlanta. They won 14-9, a huge defensive battle. The Vikings' defense was clobbering the Falcons' offense, limiting them to only three field goals. And the Vikings continue to look good. Case Keenum looking phenomenal, 227 yards, two touchdowns, almost perfect in passing, 25 for 30. And it looks like the Vikings are going to be one of the top two seeds in the NFC. Then we have the Lions and the Ravens. The Ravens looked absolutely phenomenal, 44 to 20. They won Joe Flacco looking elite as ever, and the Ravens are continuing to look for a playoff spot. Then we have the Patriots and the Bills. This is an interesting game. The Patriots obviously won it 23-3. No doubt they were going to win this game, but something happened in the fourth quarter. Jared? Surely we've all seen that awful hit thrown by Rob Gronkowski. And, Drew, I just want to talk to you about that. Does he deserve a suspension? Because I surely think he does. That hit was uncalled for. It was clearly out out of bounds after the play, after the whistle was blown. It was just uncalled for, not really necessary, and kind of a weird hit to even throw. Like, if you're going to take a cheap shot on someone, why, like, wrestling WWE dive on someone who's already out of bounds after the whistle? Honestly, it just makes no sense to me. Rob Gronkowski really has to think about stuff like that before he does something stupid. I mean, if he's missing a week, that could be really uh, crucial. Yeah, that was really dumb on Rob Gronkowski's part. He should be fine. He should be suspended a game. And if he is suspended, which I don't think he is because he's on the Patriots, yes, you. that's why I think so. The Patriots are playing the Steelers next week, and that could decide the number one seed. That would be a good matchup. As you were saying, of course he's on the Patriots. I saw an interesting tweet yesterday saying that if this was against Tom Brady, per se, if someone took a shot at his knee after the play, that person would have been thrown out of the game immediately and given a suspension like hours after the game. But since it wasn't, 
we have a different situation going on here. So let's stay tuned with that one. We'll tweet some updates on FF underscore Fridays on Twitter. So you can follow us there. Look for updates throughout the week to see uh, anything going on with the Gronk story. Then we saw the toilet bowl, the 49ers and the Bears. Jimmy Garoppolo was making his first start. Uh... 49ers won 15 to 14. This was a high field goal game, except for one touchdown by Mitch Trubisky. Nothing doing for fantasy really in this game. Carlos Hyde and Jordan Howard, both running backs on Jared's team over here, so they did not fare too well. Uh, let me get a little angry real quick because I needed to win this week in fantasy to clinch the playoffs. Of course, I did not win. Thanks to Carlos Hyde and Jordan Howard, who both did not even reach double fantasy point digits. That killed me. The matchups they had, I was so excited going into this week. They were both projected like about 14, 15 points each. I was so excited for them to play each other, both on awful teams as we all know. To have them play each other, that would have been just money for me. And of course, they both disappointed. And that's the end of my fantasies fancy season drew yep i'm sorry for you i am most likely going to be in playoffs so i will try to win it for you and we all uh wish you luck thank you (laughs) so next uh next we have the buccaneers at the packers another sort of lowly game the packers looking to stay alive with the hopes of aaron Rodgers returning in week 15 and they won 26 to 20 Jameis winston 270 yards for two touchdowns a pretty average game brett hunley 84 yards for one interception, not the greatest of games. But the running, the ground game was a big factor for both teams in this one and really kept both teams in it. Jamal Williams, 21 carries for 113 yards and one touchdown. And Peyton Barber for the Buccaneers, 23 carries for 102 yards. Jared, you have something to say. All right, let's talk about the effects here of Aaron Rodgers possibly coming back next week. So Jordy Nelson clearly does not have the same connection with Brett Hundley as he did with Aaron Rodgers. Even in our league, Drew, he was dropped. I saw him on the waiver wire last week. I didn't even go to pick him up. And, of course, we see players like Randall Cobb, who have been good in years past with Aaron Rodgers. He didn't even get a reception this week. Like, I had him out there, and he dropped a huge goose egg for me. That was another big uh, problem with my team this week. So we see wide receivers like that. If Aaron Rodgers comes back next week, do you think they're going to be clicking like they were at the beginning of the season when he was completely healthy? I do think so. Aaron Rodgers is that type of quarterback. He can really make or break a team, and if he comes back, he will make this team. Now, looking at the Packers going forward next week, they are two games back of a wild card spot in the NFC. They play the Browns next week. If they can survive the Browns and Aaron Rodgers comes back for week 15, they have the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Lions. That is a very hard schedule, but I think with Aaron Rodgers, they can finish 10 and 6 go 4 and 0 these next four weeks and get that last wild card spot in the nfc so we keep dropping the big if do you think aaron Rodgers will be next back next week and do you think it's a good idea going against the browns do you think they could save him another week to to get healthier save him and let brett hunley go against the browns or is that too risky for their playoff chances well aaron Rodgers isn't eligible to return until week 15 so they would have to survive with Brett Hundley for next week but if they can escape Cleveland the Cleveland Browns next week with a win and be seven and six I think Aaron Rodgers comes back and leads this team to a wild card spot so you're telling me if you're the head coach you're putting him right back in I'm putting Rodgers back in he's he's the best quarterback in the NFL then we have the Jaguars and the Colts an easy game for the Saxonville Jaguars Calais Campbell 
destroying the Colts offensive line. 30-10, to 10, the Jaguars won. Blake Bortles, 309 yards for two touchdowns. Jacoby Brissett, just terrible. Leonard Fournette had a pretty solid game, 57 yards for one touchdown. And then we look at Frank Gore. He, fin- he, went, he moved up to fifth all-time in rushing yards for all running backs. And that's an exciting list to be a part of considering everyone else up there. All Hall of Famers, so maybe we'll see him in the Hall of Fame one day. Going off of that, Drew, I just want to talk about my personal team for a second. Out of all of my draft picks this year for fantasy, I have to say the Jacksonville defense has been the most consistent. I've been the happiest with the Jacksonville defense since day one. They put up 29-point weeks. They've been the number one defense the entire season, and I've just been so thankful that even though it won't get me to the next round, it's all right. I'm just going to give a big shout-out. To everyone there in Jacksonville, thank you for uh, helping me this year in fantasy. Just not enough. uh, At Jordan Howard, at Carlos Hyde. That defense is definitely scary. Calais Campbell up front, and then you have Jalen Ramsey opposite A.J. Bowie. That secondary, that line, the linebacking core... They are a scary force to be reckoned with. Then we have the Broncos at the Dolphins. The Dolphins won this game in a battle of low-life teams in the AFC, 35-9. to They lost their – they ended their five-game losing streak. Jay Cutler, 235 yards for two touchdowns and two interceptions. Not the greatest day, but a – that's all they needed. And then Trevor Simeon, let me tell you about this guy. 19 for 41, 200 yards, three interceptions. I feel bad for you if you had to start him this week. The Denver Broncos, just this is not their year. I can I don't even know what else to say. They suck. Clear, clearly, Trevor Simeon should be on the waiver wire in every single league. There should not be even 0.1% of leagues that own him. Trevor Simeon should be on the waiver wire, and if he's on your team right now, drop him. I don't even care if he's on your bench. Drop him right now. And in the past, it might have been scary to start some Dolphins offensive players. But yesterday, Kenyon Drake, 23 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. Kenny Stills, five receptions, 98 yards, one touchdown. Yesterday was a big day for the Dolphins Going back to Kenyon Drake that you just mentioned, Drew. Once that huge Jay Ajayi trade was made, Kenyon Drake was rising in waiver wire picks. And I even tried to put one in, but he was uh, picked by someone else in our league in the uh, waiver order. Kenyon Drake is definitely a good guy for a possible flex position going in these last few weeks of the NFL season. He's definitely getting most, like a majority of the touches here in Miami. So if you need a flex and you're in dire need of one, or maybe if you have some running back injuries, uh, whatnot, go for Kenyon Drake if he's still on the waiver wire, or even try to make a trade for uh, one of your lower wide receivers or anyone else, because Kenyon Drake is definitely a good flex play. Yes, you should really only be really be looking for Dolphins offensive players if you're in that much of a need, though. Next, we have an interesting game. The Kansas City Chiefs were visiting the New York Jets, and everybody going into this week, okay, the Chiefs are going to win this game and get back on track. The Jets won 38-31 in a highly offensive battle. Josh McCown. Josh McCown looking like Aaron Rodgers out here. And I I was just having a conversation at lunch, Drew, with a couple of my friends, and we were talking about this this kid who had – he started Drew Brees – over Josh McCown. He had Josh McCown on his bench. And kids were like, how could you not start Josh McCown this week? So let's go over this conversation, Drew. Josh McCown or Drew Brees, when your fantasy season's on the line, he was going into this game 6-6, uh, six and six, I believe. And he needs to be 7-6 and six to clinch the playoffs. He started Drew Brees, disappointed. He's going into Monday night with Antonio Brown possibly starting for him as wide receiver. So if he would have had McCown, he would be in the lead. He would have destroyed by now. But he didn't, and he sat him, and he played Drew Brees. Well, no one's going to sit Josh 
someone's gonna sit jo- Drew Brees over Josh McCown. I know it's just unrealistic. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but he he didn't do anything wrong. But then Alex Smith, three hundred sixty six y- six yards, four touchdowns, two to Travis Kelsey, and two to Tyreek Hill, who finished with one hundred and eighty five yards and two touchdowns. So if you had the Chiefs offense. You were looking good yesterday. Drew, you've been loving Travis Kelsey this year. Tell me about him. He's my guy. Two touchdowns yesterday in the first five minutes. Unfortunately, he couldn't do anything after that. He, but he still got me 22 points. Not enough for me to get the win, but Travis Kelsey has been consistent all season long. And then we have the Texans at the Titans. Not that great of a game. The Texans are just failing as a team ever since the Deshaun Watson injury. Although Tom Savage, 365 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He looked like... A great player out there. Marcus Mariota, eh. But then Derrick Henry, 11 carries, 109 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Not much else to say about this game. And then we go to the Chargers and the Browns. The return of Flash Gordon out there. Josh Gordon playing for the first time since week 16 of the 2013 season. Jared, I was lucky enough to claim him. I out of free agency a few weeks ago when I heard he was coming back this season. And was season. he on your bench or did you start him this week? I started him. I thought he was going to gonna go off. He got 85 yards. Not that bad. Not bad couple for your first points. game in a couple of years. Yeah, so if I keep him in there, hopefully he'll go off. Deshaun Kaiser had an average game, but better than what he's been doing against a very good L.A. Chargers secondary. Phillip Rivers, 344 yards and a touchdown. Keenan Allen. 10 receptions, 105 yards, and one touchdown. That is his third straight game with 10-plus receptions, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown. That is the first player in NFL history to do so. And now we're looking at the Panthers and Saints, a huge NFC battle. Drew Brees, 269 yards and one touchdown. Again, a disappointing day for whoever sat McCown over Brees. Cam Newton, 183 yards and two touchdowns. Not enough to lift... The Panthers over the Saints. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Who is this guy? Who is Alvin Kamara? He is the new hero of the Saints. He finished with 60 yards, 9 carries, and 2 touchdowns. This guy has all the moves. Alvin Kamara came out of nowhere this season and has been one of the top running backs fantasy-wise and generally just in the National Football League. Uh, Alvin Kamara is a must-start in every week going forward. He's been killing it for the Saints, and even with Mark Ingram kind of handcuffed to him, he's still killing it. Yeah, let me tell you, those Saints are a scary team with Alvin Kamara, the rookie sensation, and Mark Ingram back behind Drew Brees. This team is set for the postseason and that great defense. Besides the Eagles, that's got to be one of the top backfields in the NFL. Oh, 100%. Then we move into Arizona versus the L.A. Rams. Jared Goff just beat on the Cardinals easily. Two touchdowns for 220 yards. Blaine Gabbert for the Cardinals. Eh, you shouldn't even think about starting him. But then Larry Fitzgerald, 10 receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. A pretty solid game all around, but eh. Let me ask you a question there, Drew. We've got some good receivers coming out this year out of uh, L.A. from the Rams. We've got Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, and Roy Woods, all great options. Out of those three, what's your top pick? Sammy Watkins. He's obviously been the best. Robert Woods has been out a couple weeks, but Sammy Watkins has just been very good. For Although him. Sammy Watkins did start inconsistent at the beginning of this uh, season, he's proven as of late pretty uh, pretty solid. He's had some touchdowns in the last yeah. few weeks. I picked him up off the waiver because someone dropped him, and personally, that was a good move. I've been starting him to uh, up my wide receiver game. 
So, yeah, Sammy Watkins is definitely one of the good ones. Cooper Cup's also a good flex option there if you need it. Yes. The last game, the New York Giants at the Oakland Raiders, and this one has some controversy. See you, Ben McAdoo. They decided to start Geno Smith. See, I don't even understand, Drew, why they would do this. Eli Manning has been starting for what, like thirteen seasons now or something? Two hundred ten consecutive games. Why like why would you even break the the chain just because you're losing so badly? Like to switch something up for Geno Smith, it makes no sense. It's not even like they won this game. They still lost to the Raiders who haven't even been performing well lately. Let me tell you, I feel bad for Eli Manning. He cried. Just, he I cried just, in an interview. I just love seeing the Giants in such disarray because they I mean I totally have no agree, future. but like it's so sad for a a good quarterback. He he is a good quarterback. He's been he's been great. He's had he has a chip. He does have a championship. He does have a chip too. So more more than the Eagles all time. Tears rolling down our faces. Anyway, why like why would why does he have to do that? Two hundred and ten consecutive games. Why do you have to do that to the man? Especially for Geno Smith. If you if they were gonna start Davis Webb, the third string quarterback, like who they he, drafted a few years. Eli Manning still ago. has seasons left in him. Yeah. To break that chain, it, I mean, if that was me, I would have cried too. And Giants ownership got rid of their GM and Ben McAdoo today. Should have got rid of him weeks ago. Although, I point out Evan Engram, 99 yards, one touchdown. The Giants' first-round pick this season, the tight end. He's proven to be a really good tight end this year, especially as a rookie. And now, we're moving to Sunday Night Football. Philadelphia Eagles looking for their ninth straight win. (sighs) Their tenth straight win, actually. Their tenth straight win, actually. But, Russell Wilson... The one-man band continued his dominance. Pennsylvania is in shambles right now, Drew. Philadelphia Talk Radio is just completely all over the place. Now let's talk about this. You gave me a theory last night when we were texting during the game. You gave me a theory that this, this loss was good for the Eagles. Explain to me why it was good for the Eagles. I completely agree with you. Explain to our listeners why this loss was possibly the best thing that could have happened to the Eagles this week. The more I thought about it, the more I thought this. This loss wasn't good for the Eagles, but it also wasn't bad. Nobody thought before this season that they would finish 15 and 1, 16 and 0, 14 and 2, whatever they're going to finish. Hopefully 14 and 2. But going into this three-game road trip, people thought, okay, they have a possibility to lose, either to the Rams, either to the Seahawks, and maybe go 2-1 and one with a win over the Giants in a couple weeks. However, the way they lost this game was terrible. Poor coaching decisions, poor play from Carson Wentz, besides a couple great throws, and then the refs played a huge part in that game. However, this game got them set for the playoff mindset because they marched into Seattle who is known for their 12th man fans the raucous fans with that Chris, go to that with Chris stadium Pratt, Chris Pratt the pulling the flag up so I think the Eagles they made mistakes that that a elite team should not be making but in my mind I thought it was good for them because they now know how to play in this environment hopefully not 100% but I think that this game is getting them ready for what is to come in January. And I want to talk about some of the coaching decisions. We've seen the Eagles go on fourth down so many times throughout this season. Why were they not doing it yesterday? Well, yesterday... They, they, they took a conservative look on this on this game, and that's what I think killed them. In the first quarter, fourth and one at the around the 33-yard line, or no, fourth and one around the 45. 
they punted the ball away. First quarter, down it, 3 nothing. But at the time, I thought, okay. Last year, when you, when you went forward on fourth down and didn't get it in an away game, they would end up losing the game by a couple points, and I thought th- that would be why. At that time when they punted, I thought it was a great idea. Looking back on it, not so much. They, they, you, you can easily convert fourth and one. That, that, Carson that Wentz just a, needs to dive over the pile. That would have been a That's huge momentum all change. All they need to do. That would have shifted the momentum towards the Eagles. If they had a touchdown at the end of that drive, take the lead, 7-3, they, they would have stormed out of there with a W. Although, a couple guys had great, had great fantasy performances. Carson Wentz, 348 yards for a touchdown. I mean, did you see that pass that was such a to great Nelson pass. Aguilar? Great pass. Insane. But did you see the one where he overthrew him in the first quarter? That was that, bad. They had so many options. When it was 17 to 10, they, they could have been tied. Yes, but Carson they, Wentz they, fumbled. He, that fumble? What was he doing? Well, it was a great design. It was a great play. It was a great play. It happens. It happens. I'd rather than they gotta give that to a running back. They're they're putting him out there too much. He's gonna get himself killed. Like obviously he can't protect the ball that well as, as well as a running back like Jay Ajay or like Garrett Blunt could. So why would they not hand that off? They have Carson Wentz running up the middle, ready to get his head taken off by the Seattle defense. I think it's just it's a risk for your franchise quarterback. It is a huge risk. He's been doing it a lot in his two seasons here in Philadelphia. I just think that mistakes happen. It, it, it should have been a touchdown, but he fumbled the ball. Things happen, and hopefully he can learn from this experience. Go, going forward, the Eagles just need to get back to their play. They don't, need to, don't play conservative. Play like you've been playing this entire season that made you 10-1 and one in the first place. I agree. If they, win, if they lost trying like they've been doing the whole season, that's fine. But they lost they, playing. They look sloppy. They, they, they look slow. They look like they didn't want it. Let me – let's – I'm going to make a comparison. This is like going out with a girl and changing your whole personality just to impress her. That's what they tried to do yesterday on national television. That's what they not that's what they should not be doing. They should be playing the Seahawks and playing the same way they've been doing the whole season. Nelson Aguilar had a great game though. He had 150 yards for a touchdown and a couple big plays. I, I, I sat him. <laughs> I want to talk about Nelson Aguilar a little bit because last season god awful. Nelson Aguilar could not catch a ball. If it was handed to him. But he has found his rhythm this year, and I love it. I absolutely love it. He has become a crucial part of this Eagles offense, and it's amazing to see him come back from an awful year like that. I love watching Nelson Aguilar. Those speedsters that can go downfield, he can create space now. I just love watching those kind of players play the game. So, thankfully, there were some shining stars throughout this Eagles loss. We have a lot going forward. Clearly, Russell Wilson should be started in every league. Drew, tell me why. He's great. He's elite. He showed yesterday to he, the national national television why he's one of the best quarterbacks he's in the, the NFL. He's the one-man band, as you said. He is the reason Seattle is in this position and the reason Seattle won yesterday. Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. Yes. All right, I'm getting some heartbreak from talking about this game, so let's move on to tonight. The Steelers are playing the Bengals. This should be an easy division win for the Steelers. They should move to 10-2 and, and be ready for... The next week's matchup against the New England Patriots. Jared, any predictions for tonight? Um, I think the Steelers are going to take this one, and I, I'd be fine with that, quite honestly. Roethlisberger, I, get, I got uh, starting tonight. If they can get Antonio Brown to play tonight to suit up, that would be huge. But if not, they've got other weapons. Dude. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster has come out of absolutely good. nowhere, and he's been like... 
pretty much the, like one of the best wide receivers in the league this year. We've also got guys like Martavis Bryant, and then you've got Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. I don't see how they could lose. And excuse my mistake, the Patriots are playing the Steelers in two weeks. As I've, I've been saying next week, this whole episode, but it's, it's in two weeks, so disregard all that. However, the next few games are big for the Steelers. They play... This, the Bengals tonight, and then next week they are up against the Ravens. So two divisional matchups in a row, and then a big AFC matchup. So I think the Steelers are going to continue their momentum tonight. Alright, Drew, win. it's been another great episode. It's been a long episode. I think our longest of the season so far. We are heartbroken from this Eagles loss. We will go forward. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at FF underscore Fridays. We're going to be tweeting updates if we hear any breaking news about the Gronk story. Tweet us your opinions on Ben McAdoo getting fired. And tweet us anything else you want going forward for the rest of the season. If you have any questions on who to start, who to sit, please uh, feel free to tweet at us. Uh, Thank you for listening. It's been another great week. We'll see you next week, hopefully, for uh, the beginning of the fantasy football playoffs. Yes, and just remember, let's go Birds!